What an awesome, awesome presence that we feel here today. God is so good. That is like one of my most favorite ser ser uh, songs because I, you know, my whole life I've just seen God's goodness. How, what, where would we be today without his goodness? He's so, he's so wonderful. And um, so I'm so excited about what I'm going to be sharing today. Um, I've been... I was asked a few months ago, actually, I've had plenty of time to meditate, so there's no reason if this doesn't come out right, okay? <laughs> Plus, we've been into an awesome women's conference, and ooh, I, I mean, it was awesome. We, we was in one of those uh, anointing services, and one lady come up and was praying for her uh, pastor's wife because she wanted to have a child, and I was behind them, and uh, boy, I felt the presence. So I come back and I told Debbie, I said, we need to do a reverse prayer. <laughs> I, I'm concerned. And she said, nah, -uh, I want to see this. <laughs> and I thought, oh, the presence of God was so powerful during that time. And I felt so honored to be part of that. And then I hear that the men just had an awesome service. The last, I mean, just powerful. So that, you know, God is just so good. And all that does is just tell me how wonderful uh, he is and how precious that we are to him. And so, like I said, I'm so excited about sharing this word. And I just um, want to say happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful mothers here. And uh, thank you, pastors, for allowing me uh, the opportunity to share and for you to share your pulpit. I count that as a great, great honor. Um, and I just want you to know that there's been a lot of amazing women in my life. And the title of what I'm going to share about this morning is The Amazing Woman of God. And there's a lot of amazing women in my life. I wouldn't be here, and I wouldn't be so amazing if it wasn't for all those women. <laughs> you know, I practice. I'm amazing. I look in the mirror, and I'm like, I'm amazing. I, and I also say I'm 5'10". <laughs> I, I try it all, you know. But, you know, we're amazing women because God is our Father, and He's amazing. And so, you know, I have all these amazing women in my life. I have my mother and my mother-in-law, who both have went on to be with the Lord, and they have, are amazing women. And, you know, I have my daughters. My two beautiful daughters are here this morning. Uh, my youngest daughter surprised me all the way from Indiana, and it totally surprised me. Her and her family come, so... I was just so blessed to see that. I have amazing granddaughters and grandparents and sisters and aunts and cousins and all kinds of friends. They're amazing women that speak into my life and they speak into my life on a constant basis. And I couldn't be where I'm at today without these women speaking into my life and allowing them um, to share. I mean, I've had some that are very honest with me. They'll say, no, don't do that. Don't ever, ever do that again. <laughs> Or they'll say, yes, go, run with it. And so I'm so excited about these amazing women. And I am so thankful that God has relentlessly positioned the right people at the right time, at the right place in my life, all through my life, even in the hard times, even in the times where I thought, where is God? God was there. He was watching over me because he's so amazing. He's a wonderful father. And of course, the Bible speaks of wonderful women, amazing women who have changed the course of nations. And I'm without a doubt believe there are women in this room today that have changed the course of generations and have changed the courses of positions in their life and things, have influenced and blindsided the enemy. I really like that one because I'd love to blindside the enemy. Who likes that? I mean, you know, come on. We gotta, he's got to quit getting an advantage over us. 
So, you know, these women in the Bible, they're examples to us. They have inspired us. They have shaped us. And just like the amazing women in my life, not only have they inspired me and, and shaped me and changed me, but they've also stretched me. Now, that's a word I use quite a bit when I share with the women. And I always, like with Sherry, she's in the front row, so she's going to get it today. I'm sorry, Sherry. <laughs> that woman, I told her one time, I said, if I'm going to be stretched, you're going to be stretched because I do no stretching alone. <laughs> it's just not happening. You know, I'm going to have, someone's going to stretch with me. So Sherry said, thank you, Jan <laughs> Janet. So God is just so good. But anyway, all these examples that we read in the Word just really reminds me and leads me to believe that God really cares about us and that we are incredible and remarkable to Him. And although this Word is really focused on women, we're talking about mothers, of course, and, and other ladies in here, just all the women here, I say, men, you can listen to this Word too because I'm sure it will do you some good. <laughs> I, well, it, I won't say Okay. <laughs> uh, Okay, so my scripture that I'm going to speak on today is found in Psalms 139, 13 through 18. And it's a wonderful scripture, and I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. And it says, You have made all the delicate inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully, amazingly complex. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. You watched me as I was formed in my in utter seclusion and as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born and every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you are still there with me. And I love this word. He talks about wonderfully. And when you go in and look at the word wonderfully, um, in the, the, it speaks of a lot of different types of words, but one of it breaks out into is amazing. And re amazing means remarkable and mind-boggling, incredible and wonderful, as well as so extraordinary. Now, ladies, listen to this. Or wonderful as to hardly believe or even to cause extreme surprise. Have you ever been there? Have you ever done that? Have you have ever been in a situation or even thought about yourself, this is awesome. This is wonderful. I, I, I have shocked myself. Has anybody ever shocked themselves? I mean, I'm thinking, I can't believe I just did that, whether it's good or whether it's bad. I mean, hopefully it's a good thing. But I have in my life and all through my life, I have thought, God, I cannot believe that you have done this. It's amazing to me. It's amazing how God says, Janet, if you'll just follow me, I've got all these things for you in life. And it is good stuff. And so I just love the way that word is, is brought out. It, it's mind-boggling. Is there any men in here that can say their wives are mind-boggling? Yes. I boggle my own mind, you know? It's like, wow, that, that was pretty awesome. You know, David, do you know how awesome that was? I'm amazing. You know that, don't you? <laughs> It's like, this is awesome, but we're mind-boggling, you know? And yes, I love it. He says, every area of my life, at every stage of my life, God had formed. So God knew all about me when I was a baby, when I was a teenager with an attitude. Now, I know you can't picture that at all, I had, you know, but I had one. <laughs> 
me. I might still have it, you never know. <laughs> and, you know, when I became a, a mother, you know, when I, when I got married, had children, became a mother, and became a grandchildren, you know, all of these things are just mind-boggling to me and, and remarkable, and I just, I, I love that word. So just think about that. Now, this morning, I know, I know without a doubt, as, as I begin to share this word, that there are ladies in this room that know exactly who they are in God, and they they don't really need me to remind them, but this morning, this is going to be a reminder of what God says we are to him. But I also know that there are ladies in this room, and maybe those that are listening, that still struggle with that, that really don't know how awesome they are. They really don't know how amazing they are. And these women here, I just want you to know that you are extremely amazing and you're mind-boggling. And when you begin to read this word here, and it talks about every stage of your life, and what I was talking about earlier, God even knew that when I got older, I would still be mind-boggling. <laughs> I, I, I confuse myself sometimes in things, and God's like, yeah, I already knew that. I had it wrote down here. Yeah, when she got this age, I'm going to have to really pay attention to her. I'm going to have to make sure she's really listening to me. Okay. But this word is just going to serve as a reminder and also maybe as the first time maybe you've ever heard it, that God has a word for you and it's amazing. And he wants you to know that you are his masterpiece. Now, I love that word masterpiece. And when you look at the scripture in Ephesians 2 and 10, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things that he has planned for us a long ago, which means God has been thinking about this plan for a long time. He's been thinking about what he wants to do in your life for a very, very, very long time. And I think that's pretty awesome. The Amplified, I love it because it says, for we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, and a work of art. As I begin to think about that being a masterpiece and a work of art, that is a one of a kind. When you're, and, and I know sometimes I have heard women say, man, that was a, she's a real piece of work of art. You know? <laughs> I don't think that's what we're talking about here. Okay? We're talking about, wow, this is awesome stuff, okay? And I got to thinking about my grandkids and they and, and they're very creative. They like to draw and to paint and to uh, send me pictures and stuff. And I was uh, going to bring a little piece of art that my granddaughter Aubrey had uh, painted for me, and I couldn't find it this morning. That's one of the reasons I was looking for it. But she would she would have that piece of art, which was a, a an original. And I told her, I said, I need you to sign that and date it, because that's an original piece of art. And someday, I'm going to look back at that, and I'm going to say, that's my granddaughter's, and that's her original piece, and there's nobody else going to have a piece like that. Nobody in the world that's going to have it. And it means something to me. So she did. She signed it, and she, she dated it for me. But I love that word, and it says that we were created in Christ, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and ready to be used. Now, when Aubrey painted me that picture, she did not want me to take that picture and stick it in a drawer. She made it. She wanted me to take it and hang it up because it was ready. It was ready. And so I had it, you know, in our room for a long time, and then we're 
kind of rechanging some things right now, so I have it down in the basement. And I have it put up somewhere there, but I couldn't find it. But it says, we're created for good works, which God prepared before us, taking paths which he set, that we would walk in them, living a good life, which he prearranged and already made for us. So like I said, the word masterpiece means work of art. It means also the best piece of work, the best work you've ever done. And, I, you know, I want to challenge you ladies today. Think about what you have done all through your life that has been pretty awesome and pretty amazing. Think about what you've done all, the, all, all through your life. And, and I have to say from a mother, I think probably the best piece of work that I've ever done was I've had my children. I had my kids. I think they look pretty good. They look pretty good. I'm proud of them, you know. And now I have to tell you, when they were born, I mean, you know, they, they kind of looked a little different. They didn't look like what I thought they would look like when they were born, you know. <laughs> I remember when I had Richard, David said, boy, he's not very pretty. And, and, <laughs> and, and Mary Lou, my mother-in-law, who was a nurse, she said, don't say that. And I'm like, don't, don't say my baby's ugly. But, He's like, well, he does, you know, we have a vision in our mind, and he didn't look like what I thought he was going to look like. But the thing about it is, that's the whole wonderful thing about God and being the masterpiece. We don't necessarily look like we're supposed to look like from the beginning. He gives us time to grow and to develop and to become that person that he has called us to be. And that's what's so amazing about it. So that's what we're going to talk about we're going to break down a few things this morning we're going to talk about things that will inspire you hopefully things in the word of god that will change you things in the word of god that will shape you to be like his son like the the masterpiece like the design that god has created for you but also there may be times in the word that God is going to stretch you. He's going to cause you to get out of your comfort zone. And I can tell you, God has always done something in my life, all through my life, to get me out of my comfort zone. And I'm thinking, wow, okay, but he's stretching me. And I would not be able to do what I do if God didn't stretch me, if I didn't allow him to shape me, if I didn't allow him to change me, if I didn't allow his word to inspire me. And that takes an awesome time of, of just spending time in the word and, and, and in his presence. And I think that's why I just love this song so much about the goodness of the Lord. So let's just look at this. Um, and I want you to think about an important truth, some important truths, and we're going to talk about these. But let's look at the first one. When you choose God, and we're talking about being an amazing woman of God, amazing man of God. It can be the same. It doesn't have to be just for women. But when you choose God's vision of you, then you choose the best. And we have a... We have a choice as Christians to choose what vision of ourselves that we want. It's our choice. Now, God lays out before us all this wonderful stuff in the Word and we'll talk about, but you can choose. You choose, he says. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, he says. So you choose. So you can choose what version and what vision that God has for your life. And I would encourage you today as we share this word that God began to speak with you about the vision and the, the, that you have chosen of yourself. Now, when we talk about vision, we're going to talk about a few other things. 
But I want you to hear a few verses that really ministered to me. And one of them is Solomon 4, 7. He said, you are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. I thought, wow, really? Now, somebody else's version and vision of me, that's not what they're seeing. My own version. When I look in the mirror, I still see 411. And I'm stretching that probably. <laughs> you know, I don't see sometimes what I need to see. I still see if I've been through a struggle, if I'm tired, if I've been hurt, or something's happened in my life that has been maybe devastating. When I look, sometimes I don't always see God's vision of me. But that takes a choice on my part, and we cannot allow the enemy to take control of that vision because, you know what, that is God's vision. We are God's masterpiece. That design is not for anybody else. It is for us, and it's not for the enemy to come and to take it. It's not for somebody who doesn't like you to try to define who you are. God defines you. That's what he does, and he says that you're beautiful. Now, he says we're beautiful. He's the one who created us. He's the master designer. He's the one who had this plan all figured out. He didn't even ask me my opinion. That's why I said when I get my glorified body, I, gotta, I, gotta, I already got an order in, okay? <laughs> what I think I might want. But our vision of ourselves has to be in line with what God wants for us. And if we don't allow that in our lives, it'll be hard for us to accomplish the things that he's wanted us to accomplish. And in these last days, and I can tell you right now, God is doing great things in this last days. He's going to use his people, and he's going to use those that will allow him to be used in their life. And they can only, that can only happen if you choose his vision of you and his vision of you right now he says you're beautiful and you don't have any flaws and I love that now I'm now am I saying we're perfect no but I'm saying that's what God said and I'm not going to tell God he wrote the scripture wrong are you I'm like man I'm, I look pretty good you ever done that look in the mirror like, I'm pretty good today <laughs> and you know, like okay God I'm choosing to believe that I'm beautiful I'm his darling and there's no flaws all right. He also says in Proverbs 31, 25, which I have seen the scripture around in places, it says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. And I'd love that. Um, she can laugh at the days to come. She is clothed with strength and dignity. I'm telling you what, that was a big one for me. Because I can't do anything without God. I, can't, I don't even try to do anything without God. God told me a long time ago, if you mess up, don't you worry about it. I got your back. I thought, thank you. <laughs> you know, because he cares about me. And he wants me to be clothed in his strength. And I couldn't rely on my strength. My strength is nothing compared to God's. I have to have God's strength. His strength comes in that anointing. And when you get in his presence, oh, I'm telling you what. Oh, my gosh. When God just breathes on you and his presence is there and you're, you just feel like you can just do anything. And that's when you usually get yourself in a mess. You volunteer, you do something, you're like, man, in the moment of the anointing, you're like, yes, I will do that. You know? I can do anything, you know. And dignity. I had a bad, bad habit of comparing myself among people. 
And as a pastor's wife, previous pastor's wife, I guess still he's always going to be my, a pastor, my pastor. I would have ladies that would come to me and make me feel less of a person, that I didn't have a place where I was at. And I allowed some of that to happen. But one day, you know, Dave and I, we, we had discussion over this, and, you know, he really was a key to helping me. Janet, you be who God has called you to be. Because, see, we're all valuable. And one of the things that God spoke to me, John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would have life and life more abundantly, he paid the same price for me as he did for you and for all the ladies who think that they are higher up. <laughs> We're all valuable to him. And we all have this place in the body. And as long as we know where we fit, you know, like Paul said, you know, he tells the church to fit, that we need to perfectly fit where we belong. And when you look at that word, he's really talking about a place, something that's made for you, and then you just go to it, and you fit into there. It's pretty amazing, that, that word. And so we just have to fit where God puts us. And so when God began to share those things with me, when I began to realize, God, I just have to be who I am. Yes, I'm a cut up, and I know it. I can't help it. I pray about it. I stop it. <laughs> In Jesus' name, I'm going to be serious. Yeah, right. And, you know, it's not happening. I'm like, that's not right. It's not fair. Why do you do this to me? But you know what? Everybody is unique in the body, and we have to be who God has called us to be. If everybody was like one person, or if everybody was like me, who would be here, and who would do this, and who would do that? We have to have who we are, and take pride in it because God said, I have created you. I have designed you. You are special to me, and you have use. And so it's amazing. That's when I came up with it. God, you're so, so amazing. So in Isaiah 49, 16, he said, see, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hand. God has a tattoo. <laughs> Of you. I've read that and I thought, he inscribed my name on the palm of his hand. He can see it. I'm always before him. He knows who I am. He calls me by name. And just to know that is so wonderful. When you look at this vast universe and where we fit in it. And God says, I know you and you and you and you and you. And yes, all of you. It's amazing. He said, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hand. In Proverbs 31.10, he said, of course, she is worth far more than rubies. That's a beautiful verse because rubies are valuable, but we're far more than that. We're more than valuable. We're masterpiece. We're one of a kind. There's nobody like me. There's nobody like you. And now as soon as we get a revelation of that, then we can be used for his glory in these last days. And God's going to get the glory of this, believe me. So she is a woman of vision, this amazing woman. And she sees her true value through her father's eyes. That takes time. That takes time. You've got to spend time in the Word. You have to spend time in His presence. You have to pray. You have to listen to what He wants to tell you. You can't just 
be there without spending time with him. You can't possibly know the Father without it. It's so important to know who you are. She has the ability to affect or determine events and change the course of generations. She comforts, encourages, and does only good as long as there is life within her. And her influence is positive. When you really look at that, it's pretty powerful. So the word vision is pretty interesting. It means image and concept or foresight or the ability to see the possibilities. And I love that. And I think we need a book of possibilities. I need to get, and I'm a firm believer of journals. I'd love to give people journals. I have lots of journals. I write in my journals. I do everything. I write, I scribble, I draw. I get words that the Lord gives me. I just got stacks of journals. They're all different because they're all at different seasons of my life, things that I've experienced and what I've been through. But it's so important that we see the potential. And I think sometimes we just need to create a book of possibilities. When we have a vision, our vision will help us see what God wants us to see. Um, and we need to have a clear vision. You know, I went recently and got me some glasses and you know how they do adjust and they'll say, can you see now? Can you see now? And Sometimes you can see really good, and sometimes you really can't see that much difference, and you're like, yeah, but I don't see much difference. God wants us to have a clear enough vision that we know that if we've gotten off path just a hair, that we're going to know it, and we're going to get back on course. So our vision is vital, and having a clear vision of who you are and knowing God's plans for your life is so important because how you see yourself, how you see yourself, can have a powerful influence on your everyday life. If you see yourself worthless or you see yourself that you, you can't accomplish things, listen, if God said you can accomplish it, believe me, you can. You can. And you, you got to see that. You got to see, I've got to know what God wants for my life. And I got to have this clear vision. And I need to have a positive influence for today. That doesn't always happen. But, you know, mothers, sometimes as moms, you know, talk a little bit to mothers that we don't feel like we do a really good job. I never thought that I was like the best mother, but I was trying so hard to be all that I knew that I could be. I come home one day at work from work, and I had a letter in the mailbox from my, one of my daughters. She was still living at home, so it was a little odd, you know. I was afraid to open it, you know. <laughs> I opened up that letter, and I kept that letter for years, and we moved, and we ended up, I ended up losing it. But she said one day, in a nutshell, she was driving down the road, and she began to think about her life and her childhood and how wonderful it was and how she was blessed and she began to talk about how much she loved us and how she had a happy childhood. You don't know, I'm telling you what, it was hard to drive and to get where I was going. To read that letter was amazing to me. And sometimes, moms, we don't feel like we're doing a very good job. And sometimes we look at our kids and we think, these kids are a real project. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm going to complete this task or not. 
And we begin to look at that and, and, it, 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 and we have to know that you have a powerful influence on your children. You may not think it, you may not think it, but I'm telling you, you do. What you say and what you do impacts your children. And not only your children, but their grandchildren and their children and their children. It can just move on from generation to generation. Now, I have a habit or a tradition that I write little words for my granddaughters. And I have a granddaughter who just turned 15, and she's due a word for me, and I haven't wrote it yet, but God, I've been meditating on it because I meditate and I pray, God, what do you want me to say in these words? And so when they're 15 is usually when I give them these letters. And they're tailored for what God wants me to say to them as their grandmother. And I pray that it helps them someday to see my vision of them and God's vision of them and what God has for their life. And it takes time to write those out. I meditate usually for like a whole year when I know they're coming up. I mean, I begin to pray and I begin to see, God, what do you want me to say? Because that means something to me. I pray it means something to them. And, but, you know, I was reading that. I was thinking about that anyway, about us thinking sometimes our kids are a project. But we just need to realize that, yes, they might be a work in process, but understand we have to keep on praying and we can never give up because our impact on them is greater than what we would ever realize. And we need to know that. George Washington said the greatest teacher he ever had was his mother. I thought that was pretty awesome. And another president said, from my mother, I learned the value of prayer and how to have dreams. And I could believe that I could make them come true. And I thought that was pretty, pretty powerful. I was reading something and I came across this because when I read this part, it said um, that uh, I learned the value of prayer. And so just think about this, Mom, some of the things that we might have taught our kids over the years. First of all, we have taught them anticipation. When we say things like, just wait till your father gets home. <laughs> How about this one? Logic. Because I said so, that's why. <laughs> or prayer. You better pray this comes out of the carpet. <laughs> I know that's kind of funny, but you know, it, it, it's like, yes, we're teaching things. It might be a small seed, but they're learning. They're learning. And that was just kind of funny. But one of the things that we need to understand about a vision is that a vision has a voice. Okay? A vision has a voice. It speaks what it sees, and then it acts on it until it's fulfilled. Not necessarily what it sees now, but what it will become in its book of possibilities. And sometimes we have to have a mental picture of it. The Bible says in um, Ephesians 3 and 20 in the Message Bible, it says, God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. I love the way the message pushed that because I've had some things I'm thinking, wow, it'll have to be God if this happens, you know? But I've never been much of a real visionary. 
you know, I mean, I, I vision things, but I, I have a hard time seeing it completely done because I'm a person that I kind of see it like it is. My husband, David, now he has vision. He can visualize something and then he makes it happen. And a few years back, we had bought a piece of land that we had built our house on now. And he took me out there to see that land. And I'm gonna tell you what, I had a vision all right, but it wasn't his vision. That vision had grass growed up to here. It had an old barn on it and a broken down trailer. And it didn't look like anything truly that I wanted to live in. I had a different vision of what I wanted to live in. <laughs> I wanted something that looked a lot better than that. And David said, Janet, you just got to vision this. You've got to see the possibilities. Now, if he would have left it at that, we would not be here living in our home today. Because vision has a voice. He voiced his vision and then he began to act on it. He would go out there. We got to where we, the kids and I, we'd say, where's dad? At the land. We called it the land, the land, the land. He worked on that land, I know. To me, it seemed forever. I would say probably three to four years, he worked on that land. And he kept saying, I'm going to build a house on this land. And I could not see it. I mean, literally, where are you going to put it? And he said, I'm going to put a house on here. And at that time, you know, financially, I'm, we couldn't afford it. But he kept saying, we are going to do this. He worked on that land. He paid that land off. Then we sold our home. He had our house built. And when he built that house, the very first night we stayed in there, we didn't, everything was just, we moved on Christmas or New Year's Day. And everything was just all out of place, sitting in the living room. And I literally told David, I said, I feel like I have lived in this place my whole life. He had this vision, and he's seen it through. And we have to do that sometimes as women of God. We have to see it through. We have to see what God says about you and to act on it. We have a part to play. We've got to get in the Word. We've got to spend time. We have to lay down those things that God tells us to lay down. And we've got to forget those things that He tells us to forget. And we have to move on when He tells us to move on. Because God will not force you or make you do anything. That's what's so amazing about Him. It is our choice to live for Him. So voice has a vision and I love that. And it's important that we don't always focus on the in-your-face situation. If I would have only focused on what I've seen, we wouldn't be where we were at today. I thought, God, help me be a person of vision. Help me be a woman that can see who you want me to be. And help me be the person that when you ask me to do something, I am willing to do that because you want me to do that. And you've got my back. And you will ensure that what you want said will be said. I want to be used of God. And I have never forgotten that. I have been saved for 48 years. And my desire has always been, God, I want to see souls for you. I want to see people come and be delivered and be set free and to walk in freedom and to grow and to develop and to become that person that God has called them to be. And it takes a vision on my part. So when I go back and look in the mirror, I can't say, oh, 
I can't look at Janet as a limit. I have to look at Janet through the eyes of my father. And that's what I encourage you to do. And that's what he wants you to do. He also tells me that you have to be anointed for the task. The woman of God is anointed for the task. You may not think you're anointed for the task, but you are anointed for the task. Because who God has called, he qualifies you. You may not always feel it. There's times of refreshing in the presence of God and the anointing and strong and you can feel it and it's awesome. But there's times you got to walk in faith. There's times when you don't feel like doing what God has called you to do. But if you've committed yourself to it, do it because God says you're anointed for it and you will see the rewards, the fruit of that. And it's pretty powerful. And I guarantee that. Because God, who he chooses... He qualifies, but see, God gets the glory, okay? It's him that gets the glory. It's not me or you. You, 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 didn't, you didn't do it all by yourself, okay? <laughs> it's the God in you. It's the God in you. So it's pretty powerful. So she's anointed for the task and willingly pours out her costly oil at the feet of Jesus. She's amazing because she knows that her help and strength comes from the Lord. Therefore, she takes everything that the Father has set out for her, well-made weapons of the very best materials, and she puts them to use so she will be able to stand up against any adversity that is thrown her way. She is wise in the will of the Lord and is that is concerning for her life. Sometimes we say, I can, I'm, I'm up for this, I can take whatever God throws my way. And sometimes when it is thrown our way, it's real hard to swallow, isn't it? It's hard. I used to think I was so strong in God. And, and, and when my son passed away at the age of 34, I thought, I am not a strong person. <laughs> and God began to show me, yes, you are, Janet. Because your strength is not in yourself, it's in me. And because your strength is in me, then you're strong. And I've seen God work through my life through that. Something that the enemy, I know without a doubt, tried to destroy me, tried to discourage me, tried to get me off the path that God had called me to. And I said, God, I can't do anything without you. You have to be in the center. And God said, okay, as long as you let me be in the center, then I will be in the center. And that's where my strength comes from. Psalms 27.1 says, the Lord is the light of my and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Should I fear myself, my self-doubt, what the enemy says about me, what my kids might say, or family, or children? What do I fear? He said, whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I love that scripture. Psalms 46, 5 says, God is within her, and she will not fall, and God will help her at the break of day. I love that scripture. I won't fall. God will help me at the break of day. Now, here's the thing for me. I have to discipline myself because I don't like to get up at the break of day. <laughs> and my husband, which so gracefully told everybody in Sunday school that a couple weeks ago, supposed to be some kind of message in the, in, in the Sunday school, but I didn't see it. <laughs> I don't know where it came in at, but 
I'm not a break of day person, okay? But when I get up at the break of day, I love it. I love it. My husband is notorious. Oh, when our kids were young, he would dread, oh, he, he, shock treatment. I'm surprised my kids still love us. I mean, seriously, he would go in the room and pull out the covers, no warning, nothing, drag them out. Time to get up. <laughs> and he'd be happy about it. We're like, that's evil. Plain simple. How can, how can that be good? And he, he, he tried that with me once, but I don't think that worked too good. I, I might have had an attitude. <laughs> anyway, so the Bible says in Philippians 4.13, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that means all. I heard a minister say one time, what does all mean? You can't break it down. For us teachers, Lord, we would love to break that. Can we just break that word down? No, it means all, everything, everybody. Nobody's left out. I can do all things through Christ. That's the key. I can't do all things through myself and through my own strength. It has to be through Christ who lives in me. So I love that scripture. He reminds me of that. Ephesians 6 and 10, he says, Be strong in the Lord and be empowered through your union with him and draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless love provides. That word union is like a marriage union. You're in union with Christ. You're like one with him. Be empowered with your union with Christ. That means spend time with your father. We all have to do it individually ourselves. I can encourage you, but if you want some great things to happen in your life and you want to see some miracles and you want to see some breakthroughs and you want to see, I mean, there are some amazing miracle moments without a doubt. But God's looking to develop strong men and women. And the way that he does that is through building strong roots in our lives. And the way that he does that is for us to get into word and let the word get into us so that we can be strong. So that when the winds come and the storms come and the cares of life come and attitude come and you don't think you can do this, but God says you can. And all those moments come, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you because you've been empowered by the union that you have with him. 2 Peter 1, 2 says he has given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. And that means there's nothing lacking in our lives to complete the task at hand. He gives us all. We have everything we need. So think about this. This woman is confident because she has everything she needs. I mean, I mean if you have everything you need, you feel pretty confident, don't you? You have all the money you need in the bank. You've got you know, a good job. All your kids are living right and everybody's doing good. You've been in the Word. You feel good. Didn't have an attitude that day. Man, I'm feeling confident, you know. That's what God wants from us. So the amazing woman of God has everything she needs. And just like the Proverbs 31 woman, which we hear about, who, th who, who no one in this world thinks that they could even compare to, uh, she is fully equipped for what life might bring her way. And that includes family, kids, friends, work, and any drama that may drag in. Now, I say the word drama because women know drama. We know drama. Does anybody know that word? Yeah. Men know drama, too. I have seen men that have some drama. I'm just saying, okay? I hope they addressed that over the weekend, did they? I, mean, I don't know. I have seen drama. But I'll tell you what, women, we have drama, and we're good at it. I don't know if that's a good scripture to quote, though, but we, 
But also, we're confident because we can be encouraged because we have faith and victory and energy and rest and trust and hope and intimacy and nourishment and grace. And it's all included in this package. It's pretty powerful. It also talks about change, and we won't go into that today, but I can tell you one thing, that change happens when we spend time in the presence of God. And change is good. We need change. We have to forever be changing, okay? And, and, and I believe that God wants us to, to be willing to open our hearts so that we can spend time and pray and change. We do that through listening to the heart of God and sees every moment when God's telling us something. And he might mention something that's going to bring a change in your life, and you're like, there's just not, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> just submit to it. Submit to what God has for you. Because change is so important in our life, and we need it. And change always opens the door for new opportunities. If you do not change, you do not grow. And if you do not grow, you may not get that, the things that you're asking God for. Growth is so important as a Christian. God loves us all, yes, without a doubt, but he expects us to grow. I expected my children to grow. I, expected, I did not expect them to say, to say, to stay six feet, or uh, what is it, uh, I think, I'm trying to think of how big some of my kids were. I almost forgot. Little bitty, six pounds and seven ounces and 21 inches long at the age of 30. I expected them to, to change, to grow, and to develop. And God expects that out of us. And we should want that as amazing women of God because as we grow and develop and we commit ourselves to God and his ways and his decisions and his words and thoughts, then we can be that woman that God wants us to be to our husbands and to our friends and to our daughters and, and to our children and to our grandchildren and to our friends. God wants to strengthen us and he wants us to, to know him in a fresh and new way every day. We must also understand that our purpose is bigger than what we think. We have to stop limiting ourselves. You cannot limit God and go further. You have to say, I'm opening up the book of possibilities today, Lord, and I'm not going to limit you. And understand what God has for your life. And begin to embrace the plans and the purposes that God has your way. And trust God for your future. Make every day count. Psalms 31:15 says, my times and seasons are in your hand. In other words, the events of my life are all under God's control. Make the most of every moment of our life. And Psalms 90:20 says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Make every day count. Wait patiently for the future revelation and don't get distracted. If God has given you a vision, if he's given you this plan, if he showed you something that he wants you to accomplish in your life, get a journal, write it down. Say, this is what I'm going to do. Put yourself, give yourself some goals. Begin to seek God. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go with this? How can I do this? Begin to plan. Begin to plan what God has for your life. And then wait patiently. Now, I'm not a real patient person. My husband's the only person in the whole wide world that's patient that I know of. 
Anybody? There's probably more, but I mean, I'm telling you what. Really? I, that's my big word. We'll, we'll be in Walmart, and won't be nobody in line. And when I get ready to get up there, they just, like, miraculously appeared. And the line has got 100 people in it, just about. And I'll say, really? And David says, Janet, be patient. And I'm like, no, no I don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, don't, just say patient one more time. Just, just, but, you know, I, I, I have learned patience, and I want to be a patient person because patience will see the end result of what you have. David was so patient in working on that land. He was out there clearing it. We didn't even have the proper tools or equipment. He did most of that by hand. He didn't get a lot of help from me because I'm not an outside person, and he'll be the first one to tell you. But he said it a long time ago, and I'm just telling this as a witness. When I pulled all those weeds out of his garden, but actually they were plants, but I didn't know that. He told me, you work inside and I'll work outside. And I said, fine with me. <laughs> so I don't work outside. He works, in, he works outside and I work inside and I don't ever pull any of his plants up again or his weeds. They looked like weeds to me. They was only about this big. I was so proud of myself. I said, David, he said, he come running in the house. He said, an animal has got into my garden. I'm like, do, 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 do. I'm like, really? What happened? He goes, oh, my plants are gone. I'm like, and I didn't, you ever not want to confess? You know, you're like, really? Do I have to? So I could have blamed it on the animals. Boy, did I want to, darn it. But I didn't. I said, well, I was trying to help. I was trying to put it in a positive way. And you're busy. <laughs> You got a lot on your plate. <laughs> I seen a few weeds and I just pulled them all up and I just got carried away. Next thing I know, <laughs> I stood back and I thought, that's amazing. That looks good. That's the best garden I've ever seen. But he didn't look at it like that, you know. But anyway, wait patiently for the future. Be constant in prayer and don't be anxious during your change. Be anxious for nothing, but in due season, you'll reap if you'll faint not. You know, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about anything in your situation. Just pray. Pray and pray. God will always lead you in the right direction. And remember this, ladies. Live encouraged because you know that your heavenly Father will always guide you along the best pathway of life because he is faithful and his faithfulness is to all generations. Proverbs 3 and 6 says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Proverbs 32, 8 says, I will instruct you with and teach you in the way in which you should go and I will guide you with my eye. Psalms 25 says, show me the path where I should walk, O Lord, and point out the right road for me to follow and lead me by your truth and teach me. God will always point us to the right direction, but we need to be willing. Lord, show me the way. Show me the direction you want me to go. So today, I believe a challenge is going forth to all the ladies and to the women, and to the young and old. I, I think the men... Could be a little revelation there, too, maybe. We'll see. Future mothers, spiritual mothers, God wants you to remember that you are a beautiful and amazing and awesome woman. So have a happy, happy Mother's Day.